Hello everyone and welcome to the iSphere Season 2, Episode 5? Five? Five, yes. Episode 5, yeah. Episode 5. Today we're going to be talking about the world imploding. Um, at, least, <laughs> at least from a Scottish perspective. Um, Nicola Sturgeon had resigned as First Minister and there is currently a SNP leadership election underway, which Going great. is making me want to hold my head in my hands and then cry a little bit um is it's bad it's not been good joy it's not been it's good. not been a good time i've been watching it over here very feeling very distanced from it but also kind of being like okay like how do we move forward like that's yeah never quite expected to be having discussions around like equal marriage in 2023 like can't believe that's fucking relevant but one uh, of the it, yeah yeah one of the one of the election candidates is kate forbes who was finance minister and has been kind of touted as the person to watch um at least for a wee bit um she belongs to the wee freeze uh she was it the was it the free like i don't know the official name it's just the wee freeze yeah. it's like the presbyterian church of scotland um, yeah, and they are like a, basically religious fundamentalists is the only way to describe it um, yes. and like a lot of the stuff that she says hasn't been great um, she, one of like, the main ones was the whole I, she would vote against gay marriage yeah as in she would have voted f- against it back then but she also said if there was a vote on it like tomorrow she would vote against it like yeah. tomorrow yeah um which is also horrendous um other things are um she i think she kind of she was on lorraine kelly and she totally ended up like she was asked a question about abortion and it was kind of revealing the hesitation that she had before answering it was kind of like, okay, we can mark that. That's another one on the on the checklist. Yeah, the, the wee free church of Scotland is very, um, is, it's fundamentalist. It's very um, conservative and right-wing-ish. And as someone who grew up adjacent to the wee free church, it's not safe for queer people at all. I don't know, safe for fucking anyone. It's like I don't know, exactly. It's really not safe for anyone that's uh, got an actual moral compass, I would say. The, um, the, but, weird, yeah. the weird thing has been, like, it's obviously made the conversation happen in, in, in Scotland. Like, I can't believe we're, like, we're having a conversation about it. You know, like, it's not just pointing out our views. It's now you've got, you've got people who find the views abhorrent basically all of the normal mm-hmm. people who like i would say even people who were small c conservative in scotland have kind of understood that equal marriage is a thing it's not there to be debated mm-hmm. anymore it's very much like that was passed and now we're now we're in the in the present but you know you've had um the the equalities minister of the conservative government in westminster a uh, defending kate forbes uh, you've had Jacob Rees-Mogg defending Kate Forbes, and it's like it, it's weird because, and I, like I, I said this earlier, but like it's kind of weird that, like, it's almost validating my like hardcore young thirteen-year-old cringe atheist phase. 
Like, it actually makes me think that everything that I said there was fine. Because I don't want someone like that anywhere near power. Like, at all. No. Like, I don't want, like, no, no chance. And then people go, oh, well, are you saying that people who are religious can't, like, can't be in uh, politics? And it's like, if they use that as the basis for all of the legislation, yes. Like, absolutely get that to fuck, you know? <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it. And, you know, people are saying, um, oh, but Kate Forbes is really good on the finance side of things. And, you know, oh, she'd be, she'd be great for business. And she's really clever. And it's like, I'm sorry, but I don't think you can be called a clever politician if you allow journalists to bait you into saying all of your bigoted views and they just <laughs> they just spill forth from you because you just can't keep a fucking lid on it. Like, if I was Kate Forbes, I would have buried my bigoted views like way deep down um, and just, you know, never have addressed them. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. you know, now, now you've got people going, oh, I like her because she's honest. And it's like, that's... That like we saw that with it, Trump. Hey? Oh, he's a straight shooter. He's a fuck off. It gets me. It gets me because people say, "Oh, well, she's forthright," and I'm going, "That's funny because it's the exact same people that call Nicola Sturgeon shrill." Yeah, yeah. You just <laughs> like it because she's spouting your bigotry. That's what that is. Loves. Yeah, but um, it's on. really funny to me because my mum is conservative with a small C, or she was, mm. and. We were talking on the phone on Friday and we were talking about Katie Forbes and everything. She's going, she says, do you know what? There's just sometimes, you know, if you can't say something nice, silence is the best answer. And nobody's <laughs> mum, that, that lassie's mum never told her that. And I was just howling with laughter. She was the most Scottish real granny I've ever heard my mother in my life. And she's going, silence is sometimes the best option. Um, yeah. And it was very kind of validating to me to hear my parents who are very kind of, you know, I, the homophobia I grew up with was the subtle kind. Uh, mm -hmm. It was the, you know, I have nothing against, but that was what I grew up with. Um, and it's very validating to hear them going, I mean, they've got the, you know, they can marry, the Equal Marriage Act is there, why are we debating this? And I'm going, oh, there is some hope. Yeah. That's that's I mean, nice. <laughs> like, the, the thing that, like, so she was obviously asked for a view, like, like, okay, par, like, putting all of that stuff beside obviously attacking marginalized communities but she then came out and said that um sex before marriage was wrong right mm -hmm. and and it was very much uh you know you should you should be married and like i'm sorry but i think now over half of all kids born in scotland are born out of wedlock right like one because getting married is actually fucking expensive like it doesn't matter how it's, easy it is to go and like get registered like and go to a registry office and get married but like the expectation to get married and like have you know the full bells and whistles kind of wedding is off-putting for a lot of people and they go well fuck that we don't need any of it um and we'll we'll just have a kid and, and raise a kid and like again who's she appealing to there like scotland uh, is majority non-religious um, we passed that threshold a good wee while ago. Um, the majority of Scotland's either atheist or agnostic, or you know, just doesn't have any sort of like belief system in the way that's rigidly slotted into, um, you know, your, mm -hmm. your usual. Um, 
So, so why bother saying that? You know, like, well, why, why, why come out and say it was? It, is there it's the hope that no. there'll be a silent majority that's waiting to be liberated from the leftists. That's it's but, basically she, she's banking on the silent majority has been so afraid all this time that they'll come out in droves to support her, and she's seeing the opposite. Yeah, but like no, like you know. I, I'm the vast majority of people in Scotland, like there's not a there's not this desperate like oh we need to get back to like trad wives you know it's it just seems very there are some people that are no there are like but like i wouldn't say it's the sweeping thing amongst young people no to to, to, like want that it's strange i mean there there are some conservative young people who don't realize they're conservative that's a major yeah. issue we see with a lot of um, infighting in the LGBT commu- community. Is we see a lot of infighting, and a lot of it is, you know, the kind of the trad wife radical feminism yeah. stuff that's now being mixed with a lot of other infighting. And Katie Forbes strikes me as a conservative radical feminist. She strikes me as someone who yeah. will side with men to get power. She oh yeah, no, with, she's... she will side with her own oppressors as long as she can have a modicum of control. She's yeah. that sort of person, to my mind. Um, would love to be proven wrong. Would love for her to come out and actually have a backbone that's not based on oppressing other people, but I don't think we're going to see that. Yeah, nah, I don't think we're going to see it either. I mean, like, it's it's just... Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to think here. So obviously, uh, pro-independence, we want Scotland to become an independent country. Um, world leader, you know, like... You could see Nicola Sturgeon meeting Joe Biden, right? You could, you could yeah. pi- You can picture that, right? Joe Biden wouldn't want to be within a fucking mile of someone like Kate Forbes. He would get just like completely floored by it by his own support. They're gonna look. He's like, "Why are you taking photos with Kate Forbes? Like, why? Yeah. Why are you siding with like a religious bigot like that?" And of course, you know, as as obviously Joe Biden's got to appeal to his kind of base and and all the rest of it. Like, are, are we seriously gonna put someone like that up against? Like, oh, is she gonna represent us like amongst EU leaders? Like, and it's just what? such a step down yeah. from having someone who's so eloquent. Yeah. And there have been times when you have seen, you've seen Nicola Sturgeon, you can see the anger in her eyes, yeah. but she never gave voice to it, and she never really went off the handle. It was never a rambling mess in interviews. Yeah. Um, Katie Forbes is a rambling mess in interviews. Yeah. <laughs> it is a deluge of verbal diarrhea that she cannot stop because she's so eager to tell you how awful she is and it's just like you are not well suited for any job in politics and it's a shame that you're there you are there likely because of privilege that you do not deserve well i mean like to to be honest unfortunately like this is when the smp need to really have a good fucking look at itself because yes like lots of people parked they like you know it wasn't it wasn't exactly a, a, a well-kept secret what sort of person Kate Forbes was when it came to no. the views. Um, so, you know, there's it's kind of... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a different uh, one. The, she should never have SMP risen through the always, ranks. The, the SNP has a history of rug sweeping when it comes to certain people as long as it means for the cause of independence. Yeah, but it, the, at this point, it cannot be at the expense of equal marriage rights for others it can't come at the expense of huge bigotry like this it can't they have to they had they were able to keep a lid on it as long as sturgeon was the first minister 
I find it. No, it's been exposed. It's a raw wound now. Yeah, and I find it interesting because obviously, um, like Kate Forbes talking about equal marriage and her views on that being heard has meant that the other candidates have been asked about it as well. You've had mm-hmm. uh, Ash Reagan, who um, I would not say strikes me as the most competent person in the world. Um, she's obviously been given very. Um, She's, she's been given like one-liners that someone's told her would shut down questions and then she said them with the confidence of those one-liners doing that and then it just not working and then the moment she's pushed on anything yeah. else she flounders and it's embarrassing. So she was asked about it and she looked at the camera and went, you know what I say? Love is love. And it's like, if that's not the fucking most milk toast like reply to someone who doesn't have any depth to like why they support things yeah it's it's, it's trying to give support without being controversial i think and just not saying it's it's the fear that something you're going to say is getting taken out of context so she's sticking to the one-liners yeah that are harder to take out of context i think but of course Um, she's like you know ash reagan's on record for saying she's been in the grr bill and she won't she won't won't challenge it uh, she won't challenge the um the UK government over it or anything like that. You've also got Hamza Youssef. So Hamza Youssef is quite good on equalities. He's been a supporter mm-hmm. of the GRR bill and everything else. And it's funny that the um what's what's happened is because Kate Forbes has brought equal marriage into the discussion, on the basis of her religion, I feel like it's given a lot of Scottish journalists the great idea to go after Hamza Youssef over his religion. So, so, like, what people were originally challenging with Kate Forbes was her stated views. Now, she stated those views on the back of her religion, but you're then attacking Hamza Yusuf on the basis of his religion, even though nothing he has ever said or done is against, you know, equalities. Mm -hmm. So... You like I've seen a couple of journalists in interviews like really going after him, being like, "And what about your religious views?" And he's been quite clear. He's been, you know, I am I I don't legislate on the basis of my religion, right? Which is mm-hmm. the way to do it. Funnily enough, um, almost like the whole religion and state thing should be uh, separate. Um, Agreed. But, yeah, but it's it has been interesting watching that. So, like obviously people who have sided with Kate Forbes and Ash Reagan and don't want to see Hamza Yusuf become leader of the party have started to dig deep on what can they catch Hamza on. And what they've came out with is that Hamza Yusuf wasn't in the chamber to vote on the equal marriage bill. Now, he was a minister at the time and he was (laughs) drafted on ministerial business to speak to the uh, consul of Pakistan about a Scottish person in Pakistan who'd been sentenced to death over blasphemy laws. So kind of urgent business had to go in, you know, actually. Yeah, just a small thing. Yeah, just just, a small thing. So like, like, you know, quite a serious thing. And of course, him not being there to actually vote on it, despite the fact that he voiced his support, he voted it through in the first stage, and of course he's backed a lot of other equalities things the whole way through, um, you've now got the news really trying to play that up. Um, it's really, it's the inherent Islamophobia that's in the UK. Hmm. And I do say inherent because it's never gone away. No, um, it, It's really so much more rampant than I than you would think from our media, because of course the media is the one not reporting on it unless they are pointing out, oh, look what, you know, 
look what these minorities are doing. And it's yeah. it's very, the, the media has a lot to answer for in the UK with regards to that. Well, it's interesting because the article that you sent me earlier, the one that was uh, <laughs> the, the prevent, and apparently, yeah, 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 yeah. apparently mm-hmm. if you read 1984 in Tolkien, you're more likely to be radicalised. Yeah, um, if you read Lord of the Rings, you're more likely to become a right-wing um, fascist, apparently, according somewhere. to the UK terrorist um, what, handbook that they've made, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, the, the interesting thing about that was that it was, it was saying that over time, you know, what was originally designed to look at right-wing, or like, just it was terrorism is looking at terrorism mm-hmm. in general and like who's you know who's likely to become a terrorist like gradually over time the uk's terrorism act has just pivoted into looking into basically islam <laughs> and like yeah. that you know that's that's it that's that's the sole number of people who can be terrorists it's interesting that like you know it's it's it is core to a lot of like the uk that it's just you know i mean you saw it with um uh, I can't remember her first name. Begum, is she mm-hmm. Begum? So like she, her her appeal got denied um, this week, I think. Where oh, she she got stripped of her UK citizenship mm-hmm. um, on account of her being radicalised and then um, joining ISIS on the back of it. Meanwhile, they had I think a similar story of a white lassie who got radicalised by the far right. And you don't get the same treatment of her yeah. in the media whatsoever. Um, it's, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, it is, but it's very blatant with the media. It's very, very, very just blatant the way that the media is trying to be <laughs> divisive on it in a way that it should not have been. Yeah. It, it's very, you know, they're going after people for their religion, but they're not going after her for her religious beliefs. They're not going after Forbes for her religious beliefs, even though they are fundamentalist and I would argue dangerous. The, like the, a Christian the, radical. Yeah, I mean the thing is like in the in the early I see the early days as if it wasn't just fucking last week. But <laughs> the early days of Kate Forbes's leadership bid in the first like 36 hours, there was so many fucking gaffes that you were like, is she doing this on purpose? Um like Ash Reagan came out and said the you know she condemned the misogynistic attacks on Kate Forbes on the basis of her religion, and I would say like misogyny isn't when you criticise a woman. <laughs> if there's no. there's there's definitely there's definitely a way to misogynistically criticise someone. Uh, there's definitely a misogynistic way to criticise someone for the religion, but pointing out that their beliefs that they have stated is because of their religion is not not being anti-religious and it's not being anti-woman um, no it's, it's literally just being called on your shit yeah pretty that's, much that's what this is it's being called out for oh actually you're a bigot okay yeah. this has nothing to do with you being a woman i mean it kind of has something to do with your faith but it's because you're part of a very very strong radicalized sect of your faith yeah. But it's nothing to do with the fact that she's a woman. It's just the fact it's, that she's a radical. And it's interesting, and, but yeah. like because obviously the the conversation as the as the UK conservatives and kind of right wing have came on board with this whole thing and you've got Jacob Rees-Mogg like writing big articles about faith in politics and and like in defense of Kate Forbes. It's like religion being a like a 
like a protected characteristic in law wasn't out of like atheism being no. anti-religion it was to stop like religious sects like the majority religious sects persecuting like minor religious sects within the same religion uh, as well as obviously religion on other religion kind of hate um but yeah, again, I just like thirteen-year-old me. If if this was happening now, and thirteen-year-old me was in like the height of the atheism phase, I'm so glad I got out of that. But it was like, you know, the whole like, I, I just feel like that was that was obviously a pipeline into like the alt right, the whole atheism thing back in the day. Um, Still cause, is because it's like you know it, it starts with like the whole logic thing and then suddenly yeah. you're watching Ben Shapiro videos uh, and you're quoting Jordan Peterson um although they've kind of come full circle now um and those guys are really into god um but yeah i'm just i don't know i, I think it's it's a shame that the quality of like political discourse over the co- like, over like the short time since Nicola Sturgeon resigned, has, like, plummeted. Like, how the fuck are we talking about equal marriage? Like, it's so... It's such in, the a, space, in the space of a week. Yeah, like... Is, in the space of a week, gay marriage is now potentially is, in danger. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if it's in danger, but it's the fact that, like, it was... Th- there was so many pegs in the ground for it. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, was, so, it was so natural... And all of a sudden, we've got a candidate that thinks that it's it's bad, and marriage is only between a man and a woman, and like she would she would vote against equal marriage if it like was in the chamber tomorrow, and it's like, like well, it's a good thing it's not. Yeah, how how the like how the fuck can we put you up against any progressive world leader and be like, oh, I'm definitely proud that she's on our side. It's just fuck. Makes me makes me really sad. I mean, on the bright side, you know, if like if if she does get in, if her or Ash Regan get in, right, and both of them aren't great on equalities, um, what a lot of the older people in the SNP maybe don't understand is the young people do all the fucking leafleting, right? They're the ones up the tenements. And look, there's pro- if if there's any older SNP people who are listening to this, I dare say that you probably have climbed up a fair few tenements in your time, right? But you don't understand how much you would cripple your campaign machine if you've suddenly got a whole bunch of demoralised young people who are actually going, fuck, I could be doing a better job in the Greens, right? Um. And... Yeah, I just I don't I don't see the point. And as Sky's mentioning in chat, she actually has got blog posts. Like Kate Forbes has blog posts where she talks about being completely against like women leaders in the church. Um and yet like it's specifically I think she even says in the blog it's like specifically the church. But running a country's, you know, fine. And it's like you either <laughs> you either think women can lead or, or not. <laughs> well, it's the um, same. It's the same kind of rhetoric you see with you know the the right wingers over here. It's they're fine with a level of oppression as long as it's not applied to them. Yeah, 
they're, they're fine to trade the liberties and protections of others as long as they can have power. That's what she's showing at colour. She wants power yeah. and she's not afraid to step on people to get it. She's deplorable. Yeah. Um, and I, I, know, I have no delusions that she will hear this, but if you do hear it, Katie, you need uh-huh. to have a word with yourself. Yeah. You need to actually sit down and consult the faith that you proclaim to follow and say, would Jesus be proud mm-hmm. of me? Because I don't think the answer is yes. Yeah. I mean, like, the really sad thing is that, like, it would have been, um, like, you know, if she if she didn't have those views, she would have been Scotland's first uh, native Gal- Gaelic-speaking first minister, which would have been <laughs> really fucking cool, right? Like, imagine, so, like, ima- like, a first minister that's not from the central belt, even. That would have been good. Yeah. Like, that would have probably have been really good, you know, from, you know, because as, like, a personal project, you know, the stuff with the... Um, stuff with the you know the highlands and islands and you know getting all that sorted out from like an infrastructure perspective you know how they always talk about you know like when a leader comes in they've got like one passion project that they're really interested in it would have been great to have seen something like that but no don't want to don't want to have it the sad thing is you though, get that like, yeah don't get me wrong like Hamza Yusuf's like the the natural choice but I do wish there was some other progressive candidates and that's 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 not even because I think that Hamza Yusuf shouldn't be first minister. I would just I would like to see a progressive candidate at least have to make him work for it a little bit. Um, yeah, because he's the natural. I home. would just I would just like to see more progressive candidates. Full yeah. stop. I would like to see that. I'd like to see more young people putting themselves forward as well, and just you know, it, it's very you know disheartening to me to see yeah. as soon as Nicola Sturgeon steps down. You have basically two right wingers step forward. Where's yeah. everybody else? You know, that, that, like, that's that's the problem because, like, I think from a public level, they're seeing three candidates. What they're not seeing is all of the all of the progressive people who came out and supported Hamza. I was like, I'm surprised that from a from a political strategy perspective, why has no one said, you know what would be really good is see if there was fucking, you know, five people going for it just to mm-hmm. dilute some of the shit. Because of course the right wingers are going to put themselves for it because that gives them the platform to then talk. Like why, you know, why allow your one progressive candidate to be ganged up on when a when he goes and I can't believe we're doing TV debates as well. TV debates for internal party elections is just like, who fucking cares? Just like do it in a hall somewhere. Um, <laughs> we don't need to see every minute of it. Yeah. We really don't. Um, and all it's all it's gonna be is dirty laundry. And it's not gonna it's not gonna make the party look good. And it's not gonna look it's not gonna make the Scottish government look good. You know, it's I, I don't understand why they do that, but I suppose it's the flashy thing to do now. Um, it is, yeah. I would, I would love... I tell you what, though, the Greens are going to look fantastic after this. <laughs> yeah. The Greens are just skyrocketing ahead as far as I'm concerned. I've always been torn between SNP and Green. Always. And going forward, depending on how things are, I will likely be switching to Green at some point. But it's just... yeah. The SNP was always a means to getting independence, and then after that, it was building the government we wanted. Yeah, I mean, we're, it's, it's yeah. Unfortunately, it's kind of like you know pivoting to think a wee bit longer term now. Like, 
if you know maybe maybe the independence fight has been too focused on the smp for a long time yeah. and they've been seen as the sole vehicle and maybe it would be good to have a little bit of diversity the problem is right see if see if labor were fucking clever right which they're not um they would they would pivot and they would say right we're we're allowing we're allowing candidates who support independence right if scottish labor did that i reckon they, could, it. they could probably hoover up quite a lot of the progressive mm-hmm. MSM people who maybe aren't so left to the point of um a uh, going green mm-hmm. like you know they they you know it'd be like oh i'm returning to my my labor roots um that's the thing is scottish labor there is nothing about labor involved anymore it's not a party for the people anymore yeah. and that's sad it's, because it's labor <laughs> it was yeah. founded for the people by the people i think the issue is um like I feel like from a from a membership perspective, the SNP can only lose from this, right? And people who want to stay involved in politics will probably drift from the SNP to Labour or the Greens, right? Mm-hmm. I I don't see that as Labour winning members. I see it as the SNP losing members and folk going, I really want to find a home. Um but yeah, I just I think the whole like the whole election so far has been like tedious and can't say I'm particularly enthused. Um it's kinda miserable the amount of airtime is I mean it's it's on the front pages like of, of all the newspapers mm-hmm. here. And I always kind of like, always give them a glance over in Asda, and it's just like, fucking hell, how are we having these types of conversations? See, I'm spared that. I only get yeah. it through my mother, and then occasionally a few texts me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm otherwise, I'm just dealing with my own horrors over here in, in the US. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want to just like spill forth the fucking, uh, just. <laughs> just like, just dump all of this horrible horror on you, um, all of the all of the newspaper articles. But yeah, I'm just like I don't know. I'm like I'd say I'm kind of like at a low point, uh, with it a little bit because, like, I'm not. It's I'm normal not, to feel I'm disheartened. I think it's normal I, I, to feel I'm, disheartened. I'm, I'm 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 completely disheartened with the SNP, but I know that like independence isn't going away and i think that's an important thing for a lot of people to yes. remember because there was a lot of the moment nicola sturgeon resigned there i saw like there was there was people searching for the doomerism take they really wanted people to like you know they were searching for people to be like oh it's over uh, it's not over because all of us will still support independence and it's like i suppose maybe to some extent that's more of a kind of like a core belief for a lot of people now. Yeah. Um, it wasn't all pinned on Nicola Sturgeon. People supported independence before she came to power. So, um, yeah, I think the... Like, it's not going away, but I think the Yes movement needs to seriously have a good think about maybe not pinning all of the, all of the hopes and dreams on, like, the SNP as the vehicle. Um, yeah, which it has been for a very long time. Yeah, it has. Specifically, Nicola. Nicola, she's put in, as you said earlier in the week, she put in a good shift. <laughs> she did. I mean, like, 
I think She's got a sore back from fucking carrying this whole thing for the last eight years. She's probably going to see a chiropractor. That's why she's retained. <laughs> like what? What my thought on the whole independence thing was, and you know, I like I don't like. Sometimes I wish that Nicola Sturgeon had been a little bit bolder when it came to you know challenging the UK government. But then, if you look at everything that's been done, like on. The like throughout it, I feel like you know Scotland having a social security service, Scotland having a trade hubs around the world, uh, Scotland having a national investment bank. You know, there's like there's a lot of core like it's almost like core nation building stuff. It might not have been right for the mechanism to get us independence, but it's definitely laid a solid foundation. It was foundations. It was now, someone looking at the long-term goal and going, what do we need yeah. long-term? What we don't want is someone to uh, come in and be a fucking bohied and ruin it. Like, you know, because someone who's genuinely unappealing as First Minister trying to push the independence argument will can, can, can wreak fucking horrible damage. Um... You know, going from someone who, you know, like Nicola Sturgeon, obviously did a lot with uh, kids in care and things like that. Going to someone who's cold and, you know, doesn't believe that people should be having sex before marriage is not exactly going to entice the young folk who the independence movement needs. I mean, what is it? It's like 70% of young people support independence just, just naturally. Don't why you know? Don't vote for a leader that could potentially turn a lot of folk off. Um, it just doesn't make sense. And I do think it's interesting because Nicola had her fair share of criticism. Yeah, she she's been given she was given a mountain of mis- actual misogyny to wade up against, and you know it was always a. Um, on Twitter Idol, we see Nasty Wee Nicola trending. Yeah, it was always Nasty Wee, wee Nicola. Nasty Wee Nicola. Wee Nicola. Wee, wee, wee Nippy was one. Uh, wee Nippy was the other one. Because it was Wee Nippy Sweetie. And it's like, that's just rank. I hate that. Yeah. Um, and it, it's very kind of... And I never understood. People were always like, well, she's shrill and heartless and doesn't care. And I'm going, I think you're mistaking someone who's eloquent and in control of themselves for someone who's not a reactionary. Yeah. And I just, I want to just say for a moment, I, people, I've, I saw people on Tumblr as well, I blocked most of them, but it was people saying that she never did anything for young people in Scotland. I know personal stories aren't the same as systemic government-wide things, but Nicola Sturgeon was one of very few people who helped us when my brother was, uh, we were fighting for disability access for my brother in school, because they were trying to put him into an asylum setting. Um, and she helped for my brother and a lot of other disabled children to go into mainstream schooling rather than being neglected in an asylum setting where education was not the focus. Um, we were also we had to renovate my parents' house to have a ramp put in. Our local council said no because it would be an eyesore. Mm. That was what was voted on. Nicola Sturgeon, we, my mother wrote to Nicola Sturgeon. Nicola Sturgeon stepped in. My parents have a ramp for my brother's wheelchair and they have done for the last however many 10, 12 years now, whenever that was. And it always gets me when people say she doesn't care about people, she doesn't do stuff. Just because you don't have someone 
being a strong reactionary doesn't mean they don't care and they don't do work. Mm. And it's really disheartening to me to see how there's been so many takes about how she's not actually done anything for individual people of Scotland, but that's the farthest thing from the truth. She did a lot of good for a lot of individual people that you did not hear about because she's not that type of person. Well, I mean, there was there was another one where it was like the it used to be like the Tory head of communications, a guy called Andy McIver, who wrote quite a nice thing about Nicola after she resigned and was like that her, his daughter was going for like surgery and a, apparently one of Nicola Sturgeon's like advisors like mentioned it to her and she sent <laughs> she sent like the daughter like a care package of books and it was like so she could read while she was in recovery and you know he was like look this was something you know the guy was Andy McIver was being quite open about it he was like look this is something that you're never gonna you're never gonna read you're never gonna like hear about it Nicola Sturgeon would never have mentioned herself but she did that and it's like I suppose it's that like we nice things that people do that um you know obviously stick with with individuals um is I think, LA yeah, Cat is yeah. saying consistent practical help is a lot more important than grand gestures and also Tundra pointing out we're now expecting every good deed to be blasted at us through social media yes thanks TikTok. and that yeah I, sorry, That's, just just on that because I like this again. We're going on a tangent. Buckle in. Um, I not- I saw the worst fucking uh, like TikTok grand gesture of help charity thing I've ever seen in my life. It was these American folk, obviously, and um, they got a they got a truck um, with like I, I don't know how to call it. You know, like you know those trucks that don't have like an actual like boot they've got just the open like trunk you know what i'm fucking talking mm-hmm. about like the classic yeah, truck the, yeah the open ear open ear trunk the, Pick, the, pickup the truck pickup. there yeah. we go and yeah i was like pickup trucks they don't exist here um yeah so it was a, it was a pickup truck and what they did was they got bin bags and they basically like like taped them all together and made like the back of the pickup truck like oh like waterproof basically like they made it wa- like watertight um with like plastic bags that were all taped together so that they could like pour pour water into it and have it all kind of like slosh about in the back of this uh pickup truck and then they got like 400 fucking packets of instant ramen right poured all of this water in and were like mixing it about with a fucking spoon and then they like they were they were filming all of this and then they drove downtown to like one homeless guy that said that then said on camera oh you were here earlier oh i didn't know you were gonna come back so they'd obviously checked and arranged it with him and then they gave him a bowl and he had to scoop this fucking noodles out the back of their truck I was like, I want to kill all these people. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? The, lack, the complete lack of respect that you expect people to eat out of the back of... It's, 
It's the like, money you spent on that stunt, you could have just given it to a soup kitchen, and yeah, someone could have had a nutritional meal. The worst thing about it, though, it wasn't. It wasn't like they were just using the pickup truck as like the container. They were making this homeless guy essentially duke for duke for noodles, right? <laughs> Instead of duking for apples, it was duking for noodles, and he, he he didn't even get like a like a ladle. It was like he had to he had to go fishing in the bowl, the paper bowl that they gave him. I was I was watching it. I was like, these people should be jailed for doing that. Like it's just sick. I can't like I honestly it's fucking horrible. Uh, I I was I was gobsmacked at it. But yeah, TikTok charity is a whole other beast. I I despise it a lot. I also like just in general like TikTok just annoys me now. Like TikTok people annoy me. Like especially me. Um, especially you have a holy mop cleanser in the background everyone have a <laughs> but, <laughs> have a cute dog <laughs> but it's like, yeah see that see that tiktok people um like the one like some of them are it's for me it's always the people who interview random people in the street see if someone in falkirk walked up to me with like one of those fucking lavalier microphones you can buy and like held it out to me and asked me a question i would tell them to fuck off like it's yeah is it like what song are you listening to uh, can i go and see it? how much do you pay for rent i was like you know honestly i would hate it it's just all these content creators on tiktok they just ask these fucking stupid questions i like that you're staring at me with this kind of like blank expression on account of you're shielded from this aren't you i don't use tiktok because i don't want to go insane i use instagram which is probably just as bad but i think tiktok is worse um but i i don't use it because i know it's bad for my mental health (laughs) i know i will either go on a murderous rampage or i'll just become depressed so i don't use it one thing that annoys me those are my two options one thing that annoys me about TikTok is like kind of unlike Twitter. Like at least with with Twitter and with Tumblr. I mean Tumblr's not too bad at it. Um but like Twitter and Tumblr, you can really like curate your own kind of experience. Twitter less so, but like Tumblr you can like really curate a, a, a decent experience because it's like the people you follow will appear in your feed and you don't tend to get a lot of shit on your feed unless you're following people. I don't look at the for you section, who cares about that? Um, and on Twitter, you can kind of get away with it as well by blocking as many people as possible. TikTok is just an endless fucking churn. <laughs> Doesn't matter how many people you block; it's like the experience never gets better. You'll still, if I block every single like shitty charity video, I can guarantee you there'll be another one in my in my page. Well, that was. I posted something a while ago about advertising. Like I was getting all these diet tea advertisements and mm. stuff, and like the it was. The only perfume I use is a nutritionist. I'm going like, are you drinking it? Like, why? Why do we need to know that you're a nutritionist and this is the perfume you use? And somebody yeah. was like, came into my notes and they were just like, eh, that's because you look at these things and you seek them out. It's called targeted advertising. Before you complain, you should really check your habits. Yeah. And I was just like, that's not what's happening. Like, yeah. my entire Instagram feed is disability stuff goth aesthetic a bunch of book stuff and lgbt stuff i get none of that i get the trad wife shit i get the diet (laughs) shit i get all the other stuff and i'm like where is the actual content i want i'm not seeing it but i'm getting plenty of these ads 
my my favorite one and like it seems to just be everywhere at the moment my 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 favorite kind of thing that i get is the the insecure handsome man ads right where it's like guys guys who obviously hit the gym you know they're 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 they're, they're pretty good looking and yet the they're constantly like yeah, I was really bummed out because I'm I'm only I'm only five foot ten, but I bought these shoes and they lifted me up to to six foot two, and I'm sitting there like, ah, the fact that you are on an advert for a shoe lift thing probably makes you less handsome. Um, as as men discover yeah. heels. <laughs> But it was like, you know, there's these there's these tons and tons of these adverts where it's like guys who are like, you know, just under the threshold of six foot being so utterly gutted at the fact that they're not six foot. And I'm just like, just have six foot energy and then you'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Just like, have the energy. Just yeah. pretty Everyone says to me, you always seem so tall, and then they see me in person, and they're like, oh, you're five foot. Yeah. You don't need to be tall to act tall. Yeah. It's just just have just have six foot energy. <laughs> just have six foot energy. Just have a lot of anger that has nowhere to go, and it just goes into personality. And people <laughs> think you're taller. That's my secret, at least. <laughs> I'll tell you, the, the, the thing that I, the ad I get the most for, and I'm putting this on Tumblr because I know we're going to get people coming and going, what? <laughs> uh, is trad wife will, werewolf porn. That is the thing I'm getting the most of right now, is so, trad sorry, wife so, werewolf porn. Uh, sure. As in the trad <laughs> wife becomes a werewolf? or No, 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 no. So it's this whole thing where it's this little good trad wifey female character um basically is it's werewolf mating season she lives in like a, a an uh an alpha omega society and she gets gang banged by a uh a trip by triplets who are all alphas and it's her place as a trad wife to basically birth the new pack I keep getting ads for this. They they all have like different variations of it, and it's like oh, the billionaire werewolf and like and the little trad wife that gets like completely just railed. But it's her duty to do it, and it's her duty to the pack, and her duty to culture, like their culture and society, and it's so wild. And I'm like, how do you go from my the I? <laughs> I was going to say that sounds definitely up your street, Joy. I can't take out ads for hunger pangs. I can't take out ads. And also, these ads are using copyright material. They're using like famous films and fav- famous songs that they absolutely do not have the rights to. And they're getting Instagram pushed ads. I try to take out ads for Hunger Pangs. I get told I am in breach of terms of service. Why? Because it's queer. Uh, because I market my stuff as LGBT romance. And I get flagged as this is inappropriate for the audiences. Meanwhile, I am watching a clip of what is essentially domestic violence and it's being played over like a romantic song and it's basically this deluge of text that's just this awful it was her place as the wife of the pack. And it's it's like so weird. It's so weird that that is like allowed. But indie authors can't do their queer LGBT werewolf romance because it's inappropriate for children. What? Hello? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
what I want to know is if that is targeted advertising, right? Which I'm sure isn't the case, Joy. Um, <laughs> what, like, what what algorithm somewhere has done, like, seen something that you've read and went, I know what Joy wants to see. <laughs> I know what Joy wants on the dash. <laughs> Tradwife werewolf I, porn. Here you go. I, wouldn't object if it was good. I would. I would be like, you know what? You know, when Tumblr shows me Etsy links to adult stuff, I know that's on me because it is targeted advertising. I know that is, and I'm going, yeah, because I looked up something probably like werewolf dick at one point. That's on me. That that is the reason Tumblr is showing me that Etsy thing. On Instagram, I have targeted ads turned off. Hmm. And it's, I'm still getting this trad wife werewolf porn, and I don't know how to make it stop. And it's like, it's so bizarre. It's just so weird that it's allowed. And it's all fit. You know, it's all, you know, it's, it's, you know, a lot of them are even like, they infamously, they use a lot of Harry Potter fan art to advertise their stuff as well. So you'll have a completely nonsensical, um, image that doesn't go with anything that they've said and it's like Hermione and Draco <laughs> it's like they're clearly in their 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 Hogwarts clothes and it's this big screed about werewolf tradwives and it's like how, how is this getting past the censors and my original content that doesn't breach copyright is getting flagged as in breach of terms of services how <laughs> It, it it is mind breaking. Yes, I, I I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. Um, that's yeah. Tell you one thing, if anything, my Tumblr ads are vanilla as fuck. Then I need to up my game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just like oh, but why, what the fuck? Ah oh, man, I, st- I mean, this is I mean this is the the my job. I do romance and erotica and everything else i do see the wild crazy things i don't see them so much anymore because someone gifted me ad free on tumblr but i would occasionally get just like absolutely wild like really not safe for work artwork but it didn't have female presenting nipples so it was fine (laughs) um but it you know it was that kind of like it's the weird disconnect between the small community cannot have advertising space because it's considered to be too raunchy. Meanwhile, mm. mass theft and plagiarism and AI created shit is completely fine. Um, yeah. I mean, have you have you came across any of like the super viral, like horny, like AI generated art? Yes. Like there's some like as in the ones that are like trying to be real life though. I've seen some of them. Yeah, like I've seen the ones that are kind of. Almost like deep fakes. Like I've seen a bunch yeah, of them, and it's not. It's they're bragging now about the fact that they've perfected the fingers. <laughs> they've not perfected the fingers. They've not. Like I, I saw. Like I was, I was casually scrolling through Twitter and saw something that is not from anyone I follow, um, but it was, uh, it was an AI-generated lassie who had the proportions of like uh anime kind of hentai girl um but it was it was made to look real 
Um, and like she had the hair of uh, an anime girl as well. So she had like bunches mm-hmm. like coming out of her. But the, what the AI had done was they'd actually made the bunchies hands. So like her like fingers were coming out the top of her fucking head. And it was the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It was like something out of dead space. I'm not joking. It was like necromorph level. It was like, honestly, it was a full on hand. It was horrendous. No, um, no. So no, they have not perfected hands. (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to believe they've perfected hands. Um, But yeah, it's yeah. I've noticed. uh, I'm I'm sure it was either you that we blogged it, or it was somebody else, and it was talking about how um, certain indie publishers are now getting like swamped with a bunch of like AI generated like stories, basically. Yeah. Um, to the point where they've had to turn off their submissions because there is like so much utter horseshit being like pumped through like the submissions basically. And the thing is, it's people that are using either their real name or their chosen author name, which they've got already got branding behind, yeah. which is the stupidest thing you could do because all yeah. that tells publishers is this person's okay with plagiarism and their name gets blacklisted for the whole industry. Publishers yeah. talk, y'all. Like it's really, it's editors talk as well. And if we see something that is blatant plagiarism and it's AI created, you're going on a list. And no matter what you come up with originally in the future, you're going to have to do it under a different name because that name is now mud. Um, and it's very. I think it shows how little regard people have for the skill involved that goes into creating media. Because they think AI can do it and they can get money from it as well. They think, you know, in my industry especially, people go, oh, well, it's romance. How hard can romance be? Romance is one of the hardest genres to write well for. Yeah. And, you know, and then they get angry about how, oh, I don't, I was supposed to be a quick crash, a cash grab, but it didn't work. And it's like, yeah, because people knew that you were just trying to do a quick cash grab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think that's the thing though is that like a like ai and like a couple of folk uh, who regularly watch my streams and stuff like that um you know they're, they're computer programmers and they've used chat gpt and like other kind of mm-hmm. ai tools to like correct their um like you know correct their code or like to see if their code matches up and all of that's quite good um but AI generated content is absolutely the tool of lazy people who want to cash in. Um, and what you'll like what you'll find is that the people who make AI generated stories, people who make AI generated art are just plagiarizing because they are telling an AI to like basically are pointing an AI at content that already exists yep. and going do something like that please. Um, and the AI fair enough sometimes gives it a good go, but at the end of the day it's just pinching someone else's stuff. Um, and you know we've had quite a lot of chats both on and off stream joy when it comes to like content and creation and mm-hmm. you you can't fake it like it's a really hard thing to fake and an ai won't grasp the like you probably couldn't have got the ai to write crucifix nail nipples i'm sorry to bring it up again in the same way that you did like you couldn't you couldn't ask an ai to do that you could there t- has to be a horrible level of human ingenuity to create a monstrosity <laughs> like that it's, but like um, you could yeah you but like, i'm talking about your post where you walk through it 
right? Like yeah. when, when you were telling me, like you probably couldn't point, like you could probably do it now. You could probably tell an AI to look at your post and then write something similar to it, but it wouldn't come up with it of the course. Of it. Oh my God, it that is the, that is a side blog in itself. Just AI generated <laughs> bibliosphere content. Weird, right, right, oh, no. right, 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 trad wife, werewolf porn, and crucifix nail nipples. Combine the two, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being responsible for whatever that unleashes into the universe. It's bad enough that Elon Musk's AI thing scraped um, AO3 already. And yeah. it's just throwing out Tony Stark Omegaverse and like supernatural <laughs> oh, yeah. Omegaverse. Like that's all it's creating. And it's just like, oh, that's this is uh, the darkest man. timeline. Um, <laughs> it's, it's fucked. Um, but yeah, I think the, um, yeah, I just want to see the end of, of this <laughs> nightmare. I, I mean, I, to me, there's a lot of things with the, going back to the things being pushed by algorithms, I think so much of it is being pushed and we're seeing so much more of it than it's actually there. Yeah. And it is disheartening. As a creator, it is disheartening because you have, I mean, I think I mentioned it once before. Um, somebody very sweetly sent me fan art based on my covers and I ended up not posting them because it turned out they used an AI machine to do it. And I was like, so you put my copyrighted artwork that my illustrator worked countless hours on and you fed that directly into an AI learning machine. <laughs> yeah. And and then posts it as if they've curated this fan art for you. What the fuck? You yeah. didn't do anything. <laughs> it, 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 it was during a time as well when I was having to combat Findaway Voices, who is my one mm. of my main audio distribution for audiobooks and everything else apart from audible because they decided to blanketly allow apple to use everyone's all the narrators voices for ai learning without consulting the narrators so i had my narrator discording me in a panic saying i need you to contact find a way and tell them you remove your blanket permission for your work to be used in ai learning yeah and that, I did an interview for The Wired about that. I wasn't quoted in it. They did some stuff about the uh, how it's a, it could be used for disability purposes, but it's not. But also people need to give consent for their voices to be used in this way. People need to give consent for their writing to be used in that way. Um, and we we weren't informed when Findaway made this change. We got a vague kind of in 2020, oh, we're changing our policies, but they never highlighted what that change was. Yeah. It was only when some of us got a notification that uh, through draft to digital, oh, you can now create audiobooks using Apple's AI integrate, whatever it was. And I'm like, weird. How did they have access to that? Because the only way they'd have that is through find a, find a ways to change their policy, haven't they? So we went looking through the terms of services and it had been sandwiched in at the very bottom um, that you get blanket permission for your work to be used in audio. <laughs> I like I like what Rothman's advising because I think that's that is the fastest way we'll probably get some form of legislation around the use of AI tools. And I think like one of the problems that tech and the law always has um, mm -hmm. is that tech moves extremely fast and the law does not. 
Um, yes. So, like, actually writing comprehensive law around this that covers every kind of variable is exceedingly hard. Um, but I know that if you started feeding Disney stuff in, um, it would almost definitely uh, get stopped sooner. At least there would be a lot yeah. more attention to it. Um, well, it's what was the name of the... What was the big um, image person that basically slaps a copyright on everything and they went they're going after them starts with a g that's terrible i had it in my head anyway there's a big company over here that kind of like puts copyright on a bunch of images that they technically shouldn't um and they're going after getty Getty, yes thank you um and they're going after um ai learning tools because it's taking stuff from them yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, it's that kind of like the, the GIF. I think it's from, um, oh, what's it called? I can't remember. He, he plays the robot dude in The Good Place, and it's just him screaming, yeah, bite each other's dicks off. And it's just like <laughs> you're rooting for both of them to destroy each other because they're both terrible. Yeah. But it's it's that kind of, we're at this kind of stage where it's like, cool, I'm having to literally side with corporations like Disney to try and protect my work. This is awful. Yeah. This is genuinely the bad place. This is hell. Um, yeah, and I think that's like that's what quite a lot of like that's the problem with a lot of people who use AI thinking they're fighting the big corporations, but they're actually just devastating a lot of the indie uh, mm-hmm. like indie creators and indie content, uh, you know, whether you're an author or whether you're a musician or whatever it is, um it really does hit that it's like it always hits them first because that's under the radar and they can get away with it and then slowly but surely they ramp it up um to the point where it becomes accepted um Mm -hmm. which is uh, frustrating to say the least um but yeah uh, I've just realised that we were on. We were, we were talking about TikTok, and we had the absolute prime. We're on a tangent. <laughs> it was well, it was a prime tangent there to go on to the other part, which was de-influencing. Um, yes, which is interesting. Like looking at, like it's interesting that there's a bit of a pushback against the whole influencing thing now. Um, one of my favourite things to try and de-influence is people's households, like. I, I hate influencer houses. I think they should all burn to the ground. Nah, I'm joking. For they anyone just... that's new, we did a podcast a couple of weeks ago, which I highly recommend you check out. We talked about influencer homes and how they're creating unattainable aesthetics. Um, yes. And it's, it's that kind of like the restock things where people are showing you that they're buying like hundreds of dollars worth of products and refilling their bathroom. In actuality, as I pointed out, they're probably refilling their Airbnb house yeah um it's just a month it's a way of making money off of people's desire to feel organized and to feel on top of things and it's very predatory towards you know it started out as these things where clean with me videos for people with like depression or forms of neurodivergency where they struggle to get tasks done unless they have a body double which is basically having a partner and that having someone in your vicinity gives you the motivation to do stuff well, now there's this big pushback against it and they're calling it de-influencing. How do you de-influence your life? The obvious answer to that to me is delete your TikTok and your Instagram. But that's not the conversation we're having, unfortunately. Um, but it's the it's the idea of 
you've got these new influencers coming up and saying, oh, don't get this expensive product, get this Amazon dupe, and then they link to the Amazon with their affiliate link. They don't tell you it's an affiliate link, which, by the way, is against US law. Um, and they're now just influencing you to get the cheaper thing. And it's yeah. leading to this kind of mass commercialization and these trends where you're generating more waste in your home because the trend fades out after three months. Yeah. And suddenly you're pitching all your plastic containers and buying fake marble ones or you're buying something else. And it's very kind of, it's just consumerism. It's consumerism under the guise of trend setting. And then de-influencing has been taken over to be another form of trend setting. And it's just encouraging you to spend more money, but just less of it. The the one, like the influence of videos that I find like weird in how obviously they're trying to sell stuff is like, I think it's particularly Korea that the trend started in, but it was always like what someone does when they come home from work and mm -hmm. like they would do a walkthrough and it would be like slightly accelerated. Like they're, they're walking at like one and a half times speed through their house. And they would always like, they'd take their metal watch off and they'd place it in this tray with water and chemicals and it like the sonic the, cleaner yeah yeah like they removes the dirt from like from there and they would you know they would kick off their shoes and then put it in these like nice wee boxes and then slide it in and they'd go and then they'd like make dinner and it was like it was all it was all spotless it was all like really really nice looking but at the same time i was just like you've got all of these totally fucking pointless home gadgets. Now, some home gadgets I can buy into, right? I don't mind a home gadget. I think some of them can be quite cool, but there was like, there's definitely some really useless. Like, see that watch one? Every time I see that, I'm like, fuck off. Are you seriously putting your watch in that every single day? Get I'm going to say something very quickly, just as a safety PSA for people. I've seen a lot of people putting their glasses into those things. Hmm. Do not do this if you have a treatment on your lenses because it strips the treatment off. Hmm. So if you have an anti-glare or you have some sort of protective film, uh, the blue light blocking the yellow film as well, that regular sonic cleaning will start to take that film off and it will start to damage your lenses. So don't do that because I've seen that a lot on Instagram in the last couple of weeks. So just in case anyone's seen that and thought, well, this will really get my glasses clean, don't do that. <laughs> you will destroy your very 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 expensive glasses huh no it's funny you just saying anti-glare there I didn't know that anti-glare glasses existed I feel like I could use anti-glare glasses <laughs> why I'm not just I mean I am wearing them because they look <laughs> cool but my whole like my, my red glasses are a very specific type of anti-glare. But you can get the, the very basic ones that you don't have to have a prescription but, but for I, I, but and I they don't... just I don't need glasses though. That's the thing. So can I can I wear can I wear anti glare glasses with it? Yeah, okay. you can get ones without prescription, but they just protect your eyes from the you know the lights and the screen. And it. you should be doing it. It's better for your. I, should, I, I definitely should be fucking doing it. Actually, I'm just, <laughs> but it's like no, to be honest, it's just sometimes when I'm outside and I'm I'm walking and looking really cool, and sometimes the sun is. Like, I'm not sure if I'm just hypersensitive to it, but see when the sun bounces off of, like, white buildings and stuff, I, I end up, like, just fucking looking at, like, at the ground yeah. for half the time because it's, like, it's so bright. I'm just, like, I'm squinting, like, on the Blue table. light sensitivity is um, a very real thing. It's a very... And mm. it's not just people that have, like, actual, like, you know, eye problems. It's, like, everyone's developing blue light problems because we're exposed to blue light so much more often. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
I, I could rant about this for the next hour, by the way, so you need to shut <laughs> me up at some point. But I, I've been learning all about it because I got diagnosed with extreme photosensitivity about two months ago. It was when we figured out my eyes were in misalignment, and that's why I wear the red, because the red is the most protection you can get from blue light. What colour um, are your eyes, Joy? My eyes are a very light bluish, brownish. They're hazel. Cool. You're okay. Right. I'm. I'm. I'm straight up mutant. I'm blue eyed. <laughs> I was just. I saw Sky there say blue eyes have a hypersensitivity to natural light. Yes. Do they? They do. What? They do. No one fucking told me this. What? Since when? I mean, all, is, all, all my yeah. life, apparently. But I didn't know that was a thing. But I love mine because I have I can make these even redder with my clip-ons. That is so fucking cool. And I can I can look up at my because I've got a, a blue light up there so that the camera can see me, um, and it doesn't cause any pain. But I also have my other ones for migraine protection that have the block uh, out the sides as well. But they recommend these for people that do skiing when you're outside in a lot mm. of like sunlight. But if you have any sort of light sensitivity, I would look into anti. Uh, anti-UV glasses um, <laughs> joy serving coolest aunt looks that is my major that is my biggest goal in life so thank you <laughs> incredible but yeah I, I can look directly into the sun when I have all my stuff on and I'm someone that gets migraines from blue light so joy is dear temple <laughs> not quite um that is but yeah, cool, get, you you get yourself a pair of anti-blue light glasses. You don't need to have a prescription for them. Cool, I'll call them my gamer glasses. <laughs> there you go. It's gamer time and I just put them on. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like, obviously, I spend quite a lot of time looking at screens, um, as is the nature of a lot of jobs these days. Um, yes. And, you know, like, I think when those... I feel like there's obviously the kind of prescription stuff that you have that's, like, quite serious. Um, yeah, but I have I have seen some Instagram ads in my time where I'm like, these are cheap as fuck blue glasses. Do they do they really work? Uh, like you know, just some brands. So um, they do to an extent, but again, yeah. I was I was I saw a neuro ophthalmologist a month ago, and he was saying they do work, <laughs> but the red light blocks more of it. So you're better mm. if you have a lot of screen time you'd be better off getting red-tinted UV glasses, ah, okay. UV protection glasses. That's his stance on that. He also is like, put your screen onto night mode. It'll, like Not just like dark mode. He puts all of his stuff onto night mode, which puts a red tint over the screen. Um, and he, he specialises with... Ready for this segment? For the ADHD community, he does a lot with that as well and how blue light negatively affects ADHD and mood. So, oh fuck! <laughs> oh fuck! Because extreme light sensitivity is also really common with ADHD. No, don't you know. tell me that. No, fuck! I so, need to go and get checked so bad, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. Okay, so night mode it is then for everything. Yeah, night mode. Mm-hmm. Hypermobility too is also really common with uh, ADHD as well, and other types of other types of neurodivergence as well. But um. Ah, do see, I have? Links? I don't I have. Ha- I have links on my blog, and I will post more later on because I actually have my checkup soon. So I will let you know how that goes. Ah, sorry. Point one for me against ADHD. <laughs> I am not hypermobile. Um, you are not. Yeah, I have started doing yoga again, though. I feel like I need to get back in. Good. It's it's good to be able to touch my toes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to do yoga because I can touch my toes too much. 
So that's <laughs> <laughs> things just move that shouldn't move. So I, I'm <laughs> there's, a, there's a foot fetishist watching going, yes, get in. <laughs> um, no, nah, but it's like, I've, uh, you know what? The, the reason I, I want to do yoga is because I want to, I want to be able to kick higher. So like, obviously I, I do quite a lot of like self-defense stuff and I've realized mm-hmm. that I want, I want to be able to kick someone's head clean off their shoulders. So I was like, I might as well do yoga for that. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's yeah. a fair goal. <laughs> um, sorry, just, back I, to de-influencing because we just <laughs> cannot stay on track. For anyone new, for- tangents within tangents is our tagline for a reason. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> it's just, you'll always get like another three topics out of us. Um, but yeah, like de-influencing, um, and it was interesting the video that you sent me, Joy. We were talking; uh, the lassie was talking about how Tiffany, like, yeah, yeah, like homes go through, like you know, there's like kind of home decor has gone through like stages, like all white to all grey, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, was the most joyless fucking existence. Um, but then there was oh, there was a really horrible one that she showed, and I was like, who would actually use that? What is the what the fuck is a foam mirror? Why were I've seen them everywhere and what? they look so silly. But what the what the fuck is that? Is it, is it literally foam, like squishy foam, or, and it's, that's a mirror? It's, um, a lot of the it's not it's not squishy foam. It's they literally make like a cloud shape out of like setting concrete, like thin set concrete, and then they paint it to look like a cloud, and then they call it foam. But they're just destroying a good mirror with something that will absolutely break <laughs> it when it cracks. I. Um, don't think I've ever seen one that actually looks like a cloud. I genuinely think they've all, they, like, they all look like shit. <laughs> they do. No offense, uh, Foam Mirror fans, but they, they all look shit. Alice Garrett, I said when most mirrors break when they crack, I meant when the cement surround cracks because they've not done it properly. Ah. Most of the time they're setting the cement in their house where it's temperature regulated they move it around and then the cement cracks so that and then it breaks the mirror and they wonder why it's because they're doing they're playing with materials and not doing any sort of precaution with it but um i've seen so many people do it on um instagram it's like oh i'm going to renovate my house and then they just like put concrete on their wall to make a texture and i'm like (laughs) i'm so far like i i I get it if you yeah. if you if you're going for a very specific vibe, I can respect that. As someone who is goth, and my house is I'm I mean I'm in a pastel goth office right now. Um, I've got I have a very bright pink ceiling that I love. Mm. Um, I commit to the bit, one hundred percent. I'm still not going to put thin set concrete on my drywall to make it look like brick. Especially in my rental space. Yeah. Well, when 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 I arrived in this office, um, I, I yes, this is my office. I can call it that. Um, this wall had wallpaper on it that was designed to look like like old fashioned like brick, right? But like not not nice brick, like just brick. And I couldn't wait to get it off because it was just fucking rank um i don't know why anyone would want to have a fake brick wallpaper uh 
wall. So that that was gone almost immediately, and yeah. then I had to I had to paint it brand colours. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I had to commit, commit into the bed at the same time as you. Um, but yeah, it was uh, yeah. It's it's. I'm fun. gonna see if I can show you my ceiling and not fuck up my entire setup. Hang on. I'm very proud of the ceiling. Mothman did it for me. Hell yeah, that's looking cool. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that lovely? It is. I like the fox on top of the cabinet as well. Yes. (laughs) I think I've broken it. There we go. Never mind. You're you're slightly... Yeah, yeah, go a wee bit more towards you. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. You're good. There we go. Uh, The ceiling is very nice. Keep keep Hollymop in the the frame. That's the important thing. (laughs) But talk, I am now unfortunately your... making Mothman do this through the whole house because it works so well. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunate for him, he was too good at his is, job. Is it, yeah, um, yeah. Punish, punish, punish him for his talents. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I suppose on like I think the influence is interesting because it affects more than just homes. The one like the kind of examples yeah. that I see the most have been the home ones because, like you were saying, those restocking ones are like the. The thing is, is that they are weirdly soothing. Um, is like I can see why people get sucked in at like a kind of ASMR level to like watch someone just like restock their fridge. You know, like I can I can kind of get that. It doesn't do it for me. I I don't get off on stuff like that. But I can see why you know some people might really like the idea of a fully stocked kitchen. Well, again, it's, it was also originally used to help people get over executive dysfunction. Yeah. It was, here, let's re- clean my fridge and restock. Let's restock my pantry. It was a way you could turn the stuff on and get stuff done in, done in the background with it. That was the original purpose of those types of videos. And they just got co-opted by people wanting to sell you things, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's gone from... Let me show you my realistic house. Like Casey Davis is a big one, the author of How to Keep House While Drowning, who is a fantastic ADHD awesome. specialist. She's amazing. Um, her videos are still very messy and still very real, and it's clean with me. And she goes through the, the mess that her kids have made, and it's very satisfying, and I get a lot done when I do those. But then you click away from her page, and all of the other stuff is restock my bougie kitchen where the coffee machine is more was worth more than your weekly salary yeah you know and it's like how many types of ice do you need oh i have a freezer just for different like five different types of ice and it's like okay if that gives you joy that's fine but the fact that so many people are promoting this as the thing to have yeah like it's i i I suppose it's kind of adjacent to this but i kind of feel the same way about like influencer cooking videos um yes because i i love seeing like people cook right i i like seeing a dish come together it it always looks quite nice um and especially when they do it in that really flashy way where like they've basically got the camera angled down and it's mm-hmm. just it's just their counter and you know they're adding stuff and you know they're they're frying whatever they need to fry and you know it always looks really good um and you you know it's not someone in their kitchen doing this though it's someone on a set and all of the bowls that they're using to like pour all the spices in are all like it just like they're using up like you know a hundred times more fucking dishes that you would actually like use um it's still nice to watch but it kind of also gives you the oh well i don't have that gadget how can i pull this meal together they always have this kind of like flashiness to it or 
you know, it's always when the info's like, oh, I, I use this really good, like, cast iron a pan is like, oh, I don't have a cast iron pan. I'm clearly a useless kitchen owner. Um, I need to interrupt really quickly. So fine. did you know that cast iron pans can explode? Like, Because guess what happened to me last night? Oh, for fucking hell. I... The pan was clean, it was dry, um, and all of a sudden I heard this really loud popping sound over my noise-cancelling headphones. Oh. And I looked over, and my pan was rattling back and forth on my glass stovetop. And then I started to see bits of the... It's an enamel cast iron pan, and the enamel was starting to pop off in big giant flakes. And I could see the iron underneath, like the red iron underneath. So I grabbed this thing, which is still vibrating, and I threw it all away from the heat, basically. And it continued to like basically just expand and then crack. All right, nice. So that was my night last night. So if anyone's like, oh, you definitely need a cast iron pan. Yeah, they're nice, but be aware that if there's a hairline crack anywhere, they can explode. Huh. So there you go. Nice. Well, That was nice. my night last night. <laughs> do, you, do you have another pan? We're actually going shopping after this because we don't. So. Oh, right, okay. No, that's fair. I I pretty much do everything in one walk. Every everything gets cooked in a walk. That I don't I don't do anything else with it. Like it's it's all walk. Like it's I mean obviously I've got pots and stuff for like pasta, but like everything is done in a walk. It's wonderful. Um, fair, which is fair. I mean we have I mean our enamel pan is our main workhorse. That, that yeah. was the one that we used for everything. Um, we do have a, a little stainless steel one, but it's very small. Um, but uh, I can see Mothman typing behind me. But it's, it's, it's you know, it's, you don't need a million and one gadgets to make things work. No. And I say that as someone who is a very gadgety person. Like, I, I was talking the other day that I have my own soup blender. Um... And people are like, oh, can't you just use this? And I'm like, well, as a disabled person, I can't stand for very long periods of time at a mm. stove. You know, it hurts me. And it also, because I have um, atomic nervous system dysfunction, atomic? Autonomic nervous system <laughs> dysfunction, not atomic. Um, that's that's, I, a, that's I, a Fallout perk. <laughs> <laughs> that's my character in Fallout 4. <laughs> um I faint with heat, so no, I can't stand for long periods of time and do stuff. It's great if we can just throw it in a blender and I have soup. Ah. And for a lot of people, they were like, wait, you can get a blender that you just throw all your raw ingredients into a blender and it cooks it? Yeah, takes 20 minutes. That can be a game changer for some people. Yeah. Um, but also, you don't good. need... I love mine. I fully endorse if you have problems with executive dysfunction and feeding yourself, soup blenders are fantastic. You literally just put all your ingredients in, you throw it in with some water, you turn it on soup and it cooks it and it blends it until you can either do creamy or chunky. It's great. Um, that sounds fucking class. I didn't know that existed. I, I love mine. I, 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 we got one, um, was it a year ago? You can't hear me. It was a year ago. I had something wrong with my digestive tract and I couldn't have solids for six months. Hmm. So we, we basically just, yeah, th there is a delay. I'm sorry, Mothman. Um, the brand I have is a ninja. Uh, don't bother getting the Instant Pot one because it dies very quickly. Hmm. Uh, and I couldn't eat solids for six months. So I was basically living on like a 
liquid diet and I'm like, this is hell. This is awful. Like nobody wants to be eating Campbell's tin soup for six months. <laughs> I'm not- so that was, that was our way of getting around that was to be able to just put fresh ingredients in it. And then you just walk away and you come back 20 minutes later, you have good soup. I'm not sure if I can wangle another uh, kitchen gadget out of, out of Jessica because we've like like slowly like when we when we moved in we didn't have we didn't have tons but we've like we've now got a blender I've got like a rice cooker I've got a, I've got like a wee espresso machine um, and I, like I think we've also got a fucking we've got an air fryer which we've never used because it was sick like it was given to us by a family member mm. it was one of those oh you'll get loads of use out of this and then it was like a shitty air fryer that like it's got this weird thing that spins in the middle of it and it's, a, it's atrocious to clean so i just don't use it um, we had also, one we've also got like a pressure cooker which what what the fuck does that i, I don't know it's just cooks uh, really fast great but i mean if I'm, <laughs> like it's not like i can make like a curry in it you know it'd just be a recipe you can nah nah i'm, I'm you can i'm it a hands-on i'm a hands-on chef i like my walk nobody will take my walk away from me that's fair and the thing is that's what works for you yeah and that you know that's what works for you and it's you but for some people the gadgets do help like a pressure cooker is great for a mum of four who maybe yes. doesn't have time like Slow cookers good too. Yeah. Sorry, slow cookers mm-hmm. are good too. Yeah. Um, but you know, gadgets have their place, yeah. and I will fight back against anyone that says they're just laziness because a lot of the time, kitchen gadgets no. are actually intended for disabled use, and people just go, "Oh, that's just laziness." Well, it's actually for people with mobility issues, but they have to market it to the wider or the like the wider market because otherwise, they don't get enough money yeah. to do the thing so but there there is a difference between that and the trend and I, there's one person i eventually blocked her on instagram because i was kept getting all of her stuff even though i wasn't clicking on any of it and it was unpack my new coffee machine and she was getting a new espresso machine like every six months Fuck and sake. i was like hen what are you doing to that you need a, a new one every six months <laughs> you're wired to the fucking moon on espresso <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah, like, I think uh, there was another thing that the, the video that you sent me kind of went into was, um, like, for a lot of influencers, they frequently, like, they, like some of them, some of them will frequently move house for content because yep. they get a fuckload of content out of house hunting, out of moving day, out of like, you know, looking for stuff, out of decoration. And it's like, that's what they do. And I was like, see when she said that, I was like, oh my God, people actually do that. Holy fuck. Like that's nuts. There is so much move with me content and it's always an upgrade. It's always we're moving into a nicer, bigger house. And it's always, they're moving from like, a, you know, a house that's fine, but they're going into yeah. the big white space. And, and it's, <laughs> the white spaces are great for filming content, and that's why they do it. Yeah. But th- th- a lot of them are serial movers. They will move apartments, even though they don't need to, to show up content. And it's really insidious <laughs> that you think, <laughs> and they get money from it. They get moving vans. People come in and say, oh, we'll do this. Um, if you mention us in your thing, because then they get people in the area wanting to move with them because influencer XYZ said so. 
that's such a like you know as a thistle reese is saying like like from a working class perspective this is like that that's nuts that is like so yeah like pipe i don't want to say pipe dreamy because like some like people will be able to move house but like for a lot of people that's like for someone to so like leisurely move house to create like what is essentially bare bones social media content is uh, i don't like it <laughs> i'm not like I'm not, I'm not saying they can't but at the same time i'm like oh that's no nice it's Wouldn't be one me. thing to do it because you genuinely are moving and you need to move you're upgrading for whatever reason yeah but the fact that some channels solely exist to film i am moving content yeah. every so often and they film the content in the one location and it's oh hey my job changed we're doing this again did your job change or are you just not getting enough clicks from your old content anymore yeah and it, it you know it's, it's the same level as like the oh restock my guest bathroom with me and they're actually just restocking their airbnbs it's landlord culture. It's having enough money to own multiple properties and move between them willy nilly because you are exploiting other people. Yeah, it's, that's what that is. It's strange because, like, I think I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just like too like can like no. I'm not content. Obviously, there's things that I wouldn't like improve at the moment. But I think there would definitely be a point where I'm like, I don't need to improve this anymore. I'm actually just happy with it being as is. Like. I mean, like I, I've there's there's some people I know that have done up their like done up rooms in their house like multiple times, like have done up their kitchen or their bathroom like three or four times, living there in the space of like five years, and it's like, why are you rearranging it so much? <laughs> I think for some people it can be a source of creative outlet, and they feel like they don't yeah. have any other skills, so that could be part of it. I know I like renovating my house, but that's because when I do it, I'm making it into less of a health hazard. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. we we keep finding out new things that we have to do, but when I get to actually put color on the walls, it's such a joyous experience for me. Yeah, but I'm also don't want I don't want to do it constantly. But yeah, you don't gut you your know. office every fucking you know no a couple of months or every year you know it just seems like it would be exhausting i suppose we've got other creative outlets though so maybe that's yeah um but yeah i think yeah i think how like household like do-ups and renovation and stuff is content i've never particularly liked but then again i'm not particularly into home decoration either like Mm -hmm. because i reckon this is actually partly because of like me moving around a lot after i left home the first time like i was in china and i knew that that would be temporary so i didn't bother with the whole decoration thing there i then moved back to edinburgh where i was in student halls that's temporary then temporary temporary and it was only until we ended up here that i was like okay this is actually a place that will stay for a good wee while uh, so let's get into doing it and as you can see i've put a lot of effort into decorating my my lights and my horrible floating shelves that i fucking despise um and i've not done anything about the mirror behind me i was actually in b and q earlier today and i was like see those mirror sliding doors i could totally change up my stream and have my camera like facing front on if there wasn't a mirror behind me Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could have a camera like your camera at the moment instead i've got to be sitting like weirdly angled like hi it's it's strange 
Um, but yeah, if I get rid of those fucking horrible mirror doors, I'll be I'll be good. I'll need to watch more TikToks <laughs> and get ideas. <laughs> you'll be you'll be watching them and just you'll you'll come up and you'll be like, Joy, I'm gonna make like a foam. Like, I'm not gonna get rid of them. I'm just gonna get some concrete and make some foam around it and make it look yeah. really cool. <laughs> Yeah, you'll you'll see me bloodshot eyes <laughs> like just next week. Uh, having having done everything, I'll be wearing my red glasses though. Um, <laughs> red glasses and concrete wall behind me. Um, but yeah, very think... dystopian sounding. <laughs> yeah. Right. The influencers have we have we cracked the case? Have we solved it? I think we have. I think I think it's I think we've gone as far as we can with yeah. it. It's basically just a the movement started to get people to stop buying as much shit, and now you're being told to buy other types of shit. Yep. Don't do it. If you want to de-influence your life, just stop following people. Yeah, and yeah, I think because we've reached the end, I don't think we're going to get another tangent out of this. So no, I'm gonna I'm gonna we're... call it to a close early. We're getting better at it rather than trying to stretch it wafer thin for the the final minutes. Uh, But that is an end of Season 2, Episode 5. Thank you very much to everyone who is listening on the podcast. Um, Of course, we do this uh, live on Twitch um, every other Sunday. And uh, people in chat don't go anywhere because we do hang around at the end and we just chat to use. Um, But yeah, this will be... This will be up on YouTube and everything else pretty soon. Um, Joy, do you want to say goodbye? (laughs) Yeah, thanks for listening again. And again, thank you to everyone in in Twitch chat. And I always say something that would have got us banned there for (laughs) contributing and making us fun as ever. Yeah, thank you. And go and watch Tradwife Werewolf Porn. No. Uh, have have a good day. That's everyone. not what we're ending on. <laughs> yes, it is. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. Oh,